Good morning, Eugene, and welcome back to the ICSP International Radio Hour. As always, I'm your host, Nakar, joined by my lovely co-host, Favor. Favor, how are we this morning? Um, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good. <laughs> I think um, today is a good day. I love the weather today. And um, I'm very happy about today's show because we have two, not one, but two, two. guests. Yep. So today is going to be awesome. It's going to be a really, really fun show. And I think with that being said, we're just going to get straight into it. Uh, and we're going to allow our guests to uh, introduce themselves. Uh, and so let's start off with you, Warren. You want to introduce yourself to the show? Yes. Uh, my name is Warren. Uh, my real name is Nang Nang U. I'm an international student from Myanmar. I'm a senior this year studying finance. Yeah, been in the U.S. for around two years. And I'm really excited to be here. Great to have you on the show, Warren. And uh, Murad, you want to introduce yourself? Hello, Eugene. Um, my name is Murad. I'm an international student from Azerbaijan studying computer science at U of O. And this is my fourth year at the University of Oregon. Fantastic. All right. So I think uh, we're just going to get straight into it. Um, and uh, which, which of you are going to go first for our first half of the show today? Murad? Is yeah. on you? Yeah, okay, let's go. All right. Yeah, go ahead, lead the questions, favor, as usual. We would really love to know about your country and what it's like. Sure. So um, just to do a little introduction about my country, Azerbaijan is a country located in uh, midpoint of Europe and Asia mm. uh, next to the Caspian Sea, which is the fun fact, largest lake in the world. Oh. It used to be part of an ocean, actually, oh. but due to the processes in during earth formation it got trapped and turned into a lake um, so about Azerbaijan as, as I said Azerbaijan is a country located in the south of the Caucasus mountains um, and I'm from the capital city of Azerbaijan Baku and we have a population of around like 10 million people mm. um, so I think this much information is enough for now. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to spit out all Wikipedia level information. <laughs> so. what, what's the primary language that's yeah, spoken in your yeah, country? Yeah, that's a great question. So in Azerbaijan, we speak Azerbaijani language. But um, just as a reference, um, it is a language in a Turkic uh, language group. So in a way, it is similar to uh, Turkish language that is spoken in Turkey. And uh, some of the Turkic languages that is in uh, Central Asian countries like Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, um, Turkmenistan. Oh, wow. But in a way, like, um, Azerbaijani language is, like, similar to, uh, like, Turkish language. Yeah. I would give example of, like, Spanish and Portuguese. Um, so this is the level of similarity. Oh, <laughs> can, can you teach us, like, like a basic <laughs> greeting or phrase? So, yeah. Um, for example, if I was the host in Azerbaijan and if I wanted to start this radio show today, um, if I wanted to say um, hello, friends, I would say salam dostlar. Uh, salam so dostas. Dostlar. Dostas. Yeah, exactly. Salam dostas. Yes. Okay. Salam means hello, dostlar means friends. Oh, wow. Uh, so, yeah, hello, friends. Hello, friends. <laughs> oh, that's, that, that's so cool. I love that. Yeah. Um, are, there, are there any, like, famous people from your country that... that most people should be aware of famous figures celebrities uh, um in a in a popular genre in a like music genre or something i i don't think there are like popular ones 
in the like US. But I would say um uh, like as a not not figures, but I think I can give example of a couple of uh, like events that is um held in Azerbaijan in the like last few years mm -hmm. that everybody can be aware of. Uh one of them is like Formula One car race. Ooh, um okay. like Baku, which is also my hometown and capital city of Azerbaijan. Um like has Grand Prix yeah. and every year we have um, Formula One car, car race and I think um, that is a cool fact that I like sharing with people because most of the people um, they have some idea about such car races mm -hmm. and um, actually when I met some of Americans in here when I said I'm from Baku they were surprised and they're like oh yeah we love watching Formula, Formula games yeah. and, and uh, <laughs> we, we have seen your uh, city this is beautiful city great architecture and everything um, and also another interesting fact I'd like to share is that um, Baku hosted um, Eurovision Song Contest it's not really popular in the US but mm -hmm. it's a very popular song context, uh, contest around, among European countries and so the rule is that if you win the uh, this year's concert, uh, like song contest, next year you're like um, hosting it. In 2011, Azerbaijan won the song contest, and 2012 we held it in Baku. Mm -hmm. um, so that's another interesting fact. But if you're asking about some famous figures, I can I can give example of like Azerbaijani scientist um, who was um, the, his name was Lutvizade. He was a, a pushing person in the area of computer science mm. and in the area of fuzzy logic theory in in um the, so it's a it's a big topic of itself but in the academic area he was very well pers uh, respected person of azerbaijani origin so okay i think that answers your question yeah <laughs> and wait backtracking like formula one did you watch it yourself yeah i did so it. Support. <laughs> what was your team um I, well, I, I watched it because just because it was like held in my hometown. Yeah. I didn't have any idea about uh. like any of the bullets or somebody. I was just I was just watching it, uh, watching it just to watch it. And I, the, my whole impression was that well, the when you when you're a spectator, you sit in one place and just cars comes and goes. Yeah. You can't really catch it. So I like it watching via television more actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. Um, going back to the music, how can you describe the music from your country? That that is a great question. Um, so, I like Azerbaijan has a rich uh, musical history, music history in general, thanks to its geographical location and cultural significance in the history. Uh, we we have a we are a country of a, uh, so we are located in a very interesting geographic location that is cl close to both Asia and Europe. So mm. we were able to catch uh, beauties of both sides, I can okay. tell. Um, and um, for, for example, pop if you ask today's popular music genres, of course, as it is in the US, uh, most people love listening to, of course, pop music and etc. But if you ask about Azerbaijan's folk music and uh, traditional music, I can give example of uh, Muram. Uh, Muram music is if I it's a it's a musical philosophy itself. Mm. It is music about uh, wisdom uh, about um, I mean I, I can't of course explain it as in detail since I'm not a uh, I have not you know <laughs> played Muram myself, but 
Um, I think uh, Moham as a music genre can be found in um, Eastern cultures, and mm-hmm. like you can find it in Iran Persian music. You can find it in um, other, uh, to, to some extent, you can find some versions of it in Afghanistan, in Pakistan. Um, but Azerbaijani Moham is unique um, according to its own tones and its own, you know, color. And then the other other thing that makes it very unique makes the Azerbaijani music very unique is that um, um, even if, thanks to its location, Azerbaijan has also, um, you know, the, this connections with the European uh, music. Mm. Let's say we call it like classical music, orchestra music today, right? Um, throughout the history, through these connections, our composers, uh, the music people of our country, were able to connect those dots and create unique Azerbaijani mm. uh, music genres. Uh, for example, I can talk about uh, Azerbaijani jazz even, even mm. though jazz is pretty unique music uh, mm. and actually new compared to other music genres. And, and you can find it in the U.S. It started in the U.S., if I'm not mistaken. But you can also find Azerbaijani jazz synthesized with uh, Muram, let's say. I think I, I didn't specifically bring example of Azerbaijani jazz due to the time constraint, but I definitely brought example of Azerbaijani music mix with, um, with uh, European style Ooh. music. And I think we will play one of them today. So I, 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 I really, we get into one right now. Um, I'm, we, we'll get, I'm looking forward to getting into it, but talking, having you talk about the music have made it have so much meaning that we're not just gonna listen to it because it's a song but we're gonna mm-hmm. listen and also learn like connect what you've said to the song in yes. terms of um and <coughs> talking about the song you've you've um you've talked a lot about how the song connects with the history of the country and yes. the culture of the country i just the last question is like do these songs definitely have some connection with maybe some certain type of song is played during a certain type of celebration or festivals or in a type of setting? Yeah, that, that, that is a great question. Uh, the, the, I, I brought two songs to this show today. Uh, mm-hmm. n- none of them exactly actually is connected to any of like a certain, let's say, wedding or certain type of celebration or anything. But I, I, I think uh, both of the songs can be uh, presented as good examples of um, as, as a Bajani music, mm-hmm. and um, that y- and I as we as we go over those songs, I can uh, once we once we play them, I can go over even like for example, the first one is um, Arazbare, for example, mm-hmm. um, Arazbare music. Um, it is type of Muram. Uh, so mu- just to give and some more information about Mughal music itself. It's, uh, as I said, it's traditional folklore music. Um, it has this search of wisdoms, uh, search of, you know, higher spiritual uh, music in itself. And um, s- singers of this Mughal is generally is like, it's, it's a trio usually playing it. Mm. There is one person called Khananda who sings the song. And there are other instruments, two other instrumental players that are accompanying him or her. Mm-hmm. And and this is generally example. And when they sing, the lyrics is generally the example of 
oral uh, literature. Ooh. So, um, so you know, literature itself is divided into oral and ri- written literature. Mm-hmm. For the most part, uh, in Muram music, um, if I'm not mistaken, of course, I'm not an expert on that. Um, Azerbaijani music and Muram is example of this oral, uh, like, um, literature uh, that goes from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. And um, to some part, also, it has this poems, this and all these poems are... Um, they mostly have these philosophical meanings. Mm. So the, that's also another interesting difference between Eastern and Western philosophers. Uh, Western philosophers loved to to write their styles, mo- monologues, or things in texts, in dialogues. Mm-hmm. But in the East, by East I mean Azerbaijan, Iran, um, like mi- Middle East, that area, they loved using poems to to uh, spread their ideas. Mm. Um, so, and Muram is, is a good example of that. Such poems, philosophical poems, made into this music examples. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think right. that, is the, that explains the cultural significance of that, uh, Muram music specifically. Thank you very much. We would love to listen to Yeah, that. okay. Yeah. Do you want to just introduce that song one more time? Sure. Arazbara. Um, yeah. Did you find it? Could yeah, you? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. and also a Murad, that was beautiful. I loved that. Thank you. It was centric. It was centric. Yeah. <laughs> to give some extra information about the song we just played, the interesting fact is that, uh, as I mentioned, it has this both uh, Muram elements, which mm-hmm. is folk traditional yes. music of Azerbaijan, and also this a cappella elements. Yes. And then the the composer of the music, it was it, it was revised later, of course, but the main composer the, of the original piece was the actually the composer uh, Uzeir Hajibayev. He was like very important composer in Azerbaijani history, and he is the person who actually composed Azerbaijani national anthem. Oh, wow! Um, oh, wow! In the in in this and he was born in 19 uh, 1800s and in 1900s between 18 and 1900s he had very he he's a very key um, like player and key composer in Azerbaijani music history and then the singer uh Sevda Alekbarzada she's also a uh, very famous uh, Azerbaijani singer specifically uh jazz mm. music um, in Azerbaijan. Uh, again, unfortunately, I didn't bring any specific example of Azerbaijani jazz, but also we have very good examples of uh, jazz and Muram uh, mixings. Wow. Um, yeah. And I think it is beautiful. Okay, yeah. now I'm, I'm curious because your country sounds phenomenal and um, with, with such a rich culture, I'm wondering, what, what, are, the, what are the famous foods there? Like, what was the cuisine like? Yeah, that is a great question. Um, uh, so, uh, 
uh, as a as a couple of times, I actually cooked for students here, mm-hmm. also for the local people, and they loved it. <laughs> wow. So, in a sense, Azerbaijani cuisine can be considered uh, similar to Middle Eastern food, as well as as well as to to some extent um, I- Iranian Persian food as well. Um, so we have uh, like I can give example of grape leaf dolmas, for example. Uh, that is very famous in Greek culture, in Lebanese, Turkish culture, as well as in Azerbaijani culture. Um, but uh, our our version of grape leaf uh, dolmas is different from the others. So in in this type of geography, uh, when you look at the food, you can see foods similar to each other in because thousands of years those neighbors developing as nations together. So they learn from each other. Mm-hmm. And I can also give example of good uh, pilafs in uh, Azerbaijani cuisine. Uh, we have this pilafs with good uh, sides next to them. Uh, I can give example of different meat pilafs, chicken pilafs. In a sense, uh, I can tell that um, imagine like, let's say, biryani, but oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, le- le- less the different type of spices. Um, I think I've tried biryani a couple of times before myself. It was like hot spices. But in our cuisine, instead of using hot spices, we use different type of s- spices like saffron, for example, or uh, some other spices that is not actually hot, mm-hmm. but it just increases the texture and the and the l- level of the taste in the food. Mm. Oh wow! Um, so I I can give a lot of examples from. <laughs> like I, and I think we all get as as it gets the afternoon we'll get hungry. <laughs> I was about to say I should have not skipped breakfast this morning because now I'm starving. <laughs> yeah. That sounds very interesting. Um, I was wondering if I am to go, mm-hmm. where should be the, where would you advise me to visit? This must be like most visit places. So in Azerbaijan, if you visit Azerbaijan, you should definitely check out the capital city, Baku. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you visit, you should definitely let me know. Okay. <laughs> For sure. Definitely. So I can, I can take you to places and show you around. We have wonderful architecture, both modern and historical architecture there. Um, you, and we, we, we have this uh, phenomenal building, uh, cultural center in center of Baku. It looks like paper folded. Um, and we have this fl- beautiful flame towers you should definitely visit. We have uh, Karvansarais that is like has historical uh, significance. Also, we had this old town area in Baku uh, that is that is like an old city and it is uh, fortified with the walls, ancient mm. walls. Uh, wow. wow! So that I I think you should definitely go there. And other parts you should definitely visit. Um, in the n- north part of Azerbaijan and um, maybe no- northwest as well. Uh, we have great because north of Azerbaijan is Caucasus Mountains, mm. and during winters we get we get beautiful uh, s- like snow winter scenery there. You can go there skying uh, and uh, skiing, not skiing. Sorry. <laughs> 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 and. Um, so, so yeah, I think uh, like in, in Baku, you should you can get this um, understanding of history mm-hmm. and modernism. And if you want to check out the nature, you should go definitely go to north, like everywhere in Azerbaijan. It's, it's not so a very big everything. country. 
it's not a really a big country. You can go from one side of Azerbaijan to the other side in eight hours car drive. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So if you have time, you can definitely visit all those different places. Um, so every, everywhere recommended. <laughs> everywhere, yeah. Sounds fantastic. Great food, great music. And wonderful places to visit. And wonderful people, clearly, wonderful. as well. Like, I need to go there. We need, we, we need to take yeah, a trip? Okay. Take a trip. So, adding that to the bucket list, Favor? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I'm curious about one more thing. Okay. What's, what's the education systems like there? Like, in comparison also to where you are here in the US? Yeah, that, that is a great question. So, our education system is like, we don't have distinction of middle school, elementary school, or uh, high school. So, basically, you can go to the kindergarten uh, since you are at age of three mm-hmm. and at age of six people start the uh, school um, so w- w- uh, we, we don't as I said we don't have different schools for elementary middle and high school so basically you can you can go from uh, first grade until you graduate to the same school oh, wow. uh, and <laughs> uh, our schools are 11 years uh, in the US it's 12 years mm. oh, wait and does that mean you graduate at 17 um, actually, oh. sixteen. What? I, I, I went to school a little early as well. Wow. <laughs> okay. When when I went to school, I wasn't six yet. I was five. <laughs> okay. So so you're telling me people go straight into uni after university after sixteen? Mo- mostly, yes. Oh, I could uh, never imagine that. <laughs> at sixteen, but mo- most people goes to university. University is four years also. So at twenty years old, you are there with a degree. Yeah, that is and, I'm, and I'll be 21 in a few weeks, uh-huh. in, in two weeks. And by 21, I will graduate U of O. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats. Congratulations. Yeah, well. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> wow, okay. So, so, so not only is it a great country, but you get out of having to study earlier. It sounds like a win-win to me. It's perfect. Yeah. The perfect place. <laughs> perfect place to go. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, favor. Would love to know the last song. Yes, uh, yeah. yes. Um, so this music, uh, so um, little information, little one sentence information about Azerbaijan history. So Azerbaijan used to be part of Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. Um, so this music is called Gali Sahaj. Um, it is the person talking about uh, actually like the morning. Mm-hmm. And the singer, he is very also famous Azerbaijani singer, Polat Bilbiloglu. Um, he he he's very significant as a Bajani singer mm-hmm. and um, this song I think it came out in 70s if I'm not mistaken and um, I can I can say it is also a good example of Azerbaijani music during Soviet history so I think it is significant part of Azerbaijani history and it, and it shaped Azerbaijani culture in a way so I thought it's a good idea to bring this song today and I love his voice in general um it is also both has this uh you you will feel the uniqueness in the song it is not like like exactly eastern music it is not exactly like western mm. music but very unique specific combinations and i think we should get to it and just play it and enjoy it let's yeah, go for it. it all right
I love that song. Like I felt like I was in a movie, like Thank in you. a in a really cool movie scene, and I was doing yeah. like some spy or detective work. That was <laughs> that, that was tough. That was tough. Um, Murad, before we before we wrap you up here and move on to Warren, is there any final thoughts or closing things you want people to know? I just I just I'm just thankful for this radio show, and I think it is great idea to have such radio show at University of Oregon, which has wonderful and very large number of international students population, and I think it is important to present their cultures uh, to the local people of Eugene and other students. I'm just thankful for this wonderful uh, show and I'm thankful to you both uh, oh, for running such a show. Uh, I just wish you good luck. Yeah, and yeah. I think those two songs were definitely great and I would love to go and listen to it again. So listeners, if you want to listen to the songs that we've just played um go to spinitron 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 <laughs> spinitron kwva and you can listen to those two wonderful All songs the playlists are there thank you very thank much thank you very I much Murad. it's been a pleasure having you on air thank you wow favor i really really enjoyed getting to know more about uh, Murad's country and uh, i think we're going to take a visit up there no we have to like eventually like, in the future yeah. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Well, uh, well, to our lovely audience uh, on KWVA Eugene, uh, that is not the last you're going to hear of us today as we now have another special guest. Uh, Warren briefly introduced himself earlier, but Warren, go ahead, tell us where you're from again. And um, I'm going to start us off by what, what do you want us to initially just know? First impressions of your home country. Yes. Uh, hello, Eugene. My name's Warren again. As I said earlier, uh, I'm from Myanmar. Um, first, I think not a, since not a lot of people know about where my country is, I have to give you like a little geographic information just about where it was located. So it's located in Asia, specifically in the southeast part, and it's bordered by um, China on the north and Thailand on the east, and then India on the west so we got wow, we're stuck friends. between like those three big country wow wait like going into a bit more of like political social climate is Myanmar allied with all those countries yes um Myanmar is actually part of uh the ASEANs or the Southeast Asian like alliance mm -hmm. so it it include like big country like Singapore Vietnam all these like Philippines, Vietnam, Laos, all the country included, but due to like current uh, complex political situation right now, uh, they have been being like going to the committee meetings uh, recently, recent year. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Um. So, if we visit Myanmar, can we like? <laughs> where should I go? Where should we visit? I would say um definitely my hometown so funny story it's people when pe when i mention about my hometown people immediately think of uh las vegas because there was a hotel who have the same name at my hometown um th the hotel name is mandalay bay and my city's mandalay name bay. where i'm from is called mandalay um it's actually the second largest city in the country uh -huh. so it's not the capital but however like it's the most historically like important places of the country because like it, it is where like the last kingdom of Myanmar was ended so in the cities there in right in the middle of the city there is like a palace that was like built during like 
long time ago where like the last kingdom of Myanmar was staying there and also surrounding that city it's a moat where like people usually hang out and recreate and just exercise and and a lot of pagodas that's what i would say about my country since it is like a really yeah. heavily influenced by like buddhism we got a lot of pagoda everywhere and also temples and the other thing about my city is just like everybody just nice um so moving on from my cities um there's also another cities which is like the most developed which is the ex capital cities called yangon or rangoon Mm-hmm. Um, it is where most of the international trade, like all the tourism, come in. So, when you f- first fly into Myanmar, it's a, it is the first city that you will visit. And as usual, you have a lot of pagodas, and just and also the climate there is very humid. It's not like the U.S. cold and dry. It's on the the country is located on the equator, so it's tropical and humid. Mm. Um, Moving on from those big city, we also have like other another like I would say a tourism heavily located cities. It's called Bagan. Uh, it's actually a UNESCO like heritage. Um, it was named as a UNESCO heritage site due to the historical importance of it. It was actually where the first kingdom of the country was founded. So there were a lot of pagoda in there in. I would say that city have the like most amount of pagoda, Buddhist pagoda and temples in there. Mm. And on average, um, they estimated it's around like two thousand two hundred pagodas. So everywhere in the city is just pagoda, pagoda or temples. Mm-hmm. And fun thing to do there, like what tourists like to do is, in the morning, like they will wake up early before the sun rises, and there will be hot air balloon activity where people would hop on it. Pay money and just go into the air and watch the sun rises between those two thousand pagoda. And another thing that people like to do is um, they climb up to the top of the pagoda and wait. And in the evening, the sun will be slowly going down. So they watch the sun go down again between those pagoda. So it's actually a beautiful thing too. And actually, when you go all the way to the west, we also have beaches. They're like not explored by many, so it's pretty clean and pretty clear. And our family, like, will go to like that beach called Napoli. It's a it's the city where we always go. And like on average, like one once per year, because it's just so beautiful. And in the north, there like mountain regions. It's slightly cold, but there are a lot of like good food there, and also a lot of pagoda as usual. Like it's all around the country. When we were t- I would definitely love to see the sunset and the sunrise, definitely. Um, For sure. This, the country seems to be quite um, religious in terms of um, what you've just described. Yeah. Um, what can you say about the values and norms of um, the country compared to the U.S.? Um, I would say it's um, definitely U.S. It's more individualistic, but in... My country, it's more like family oriented. So, family always comes first, and like in our culture, like no matter like even like if you're an elder, they need to be respected, and it was taught by that. And also in Buddhism, there's one really like important teaching of Buddhism that I really likes is like if you do good, it will bring goods to you. Like if you do bad, it would bring back to you. 
So with that teaching, like it influences many people to be around the country to be like nice to nice to like strangers. So whenever you need help, they will be happy to help. Whenever you want to like visit a culture site and want to know about the history, they will be happy to tell you about the history. So it's just a lot overall like nice people with under the influence of these like religious teachings and yeah. Yeah, what what is the com- like the language the um language? our main language is um Burmese. Mm-hmm. It's actually a really different um East Asian language but like it's actually really different from like most of the um country like surrounded by it and it's like sp- spoken by majority of the people in so but yeah, it's like English of Myanmar so like a lot of people know how to like read it and learn it and there's also another language it's actually part of like the ethnic group who from there which is actually like really similar to like Thai language and my family is from that region so um, my father and my my parents like spoke that a lot however like I didn't get a chance to learn a lot of um, that language uh, it's called Shan and the like a lot of people in the country, there are also like other ethnic group in the country, including the Chinese and the Indian. So we got a lot of people who's, who speak um, Mandarin and also Arabic. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I can't wait to listen to the songs. So the songs are going to be in what language? It's the first... Um, when I when you talk about Burmese music, I actually want to showcase about the traditional instrument. Mm-hmm. I I don't really know what's the English term it is like, but we got a lot of traditional instrument like people play a lot. But the first song that I'm going to show is actually mostly like drum bass. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to showcase this song because like I, it was like, in in the environment that I was growing up, I hear that a lot, especially during like religious festival around the. Uh, city and every weekend when like there are like there's a religious event or like festival events that it's going on and it's it is play like the theme of the song and the rhythm of the song are like almost similar to play a lot of the song that were play in like other like big festival and big culture events so like yeah i would like i think this is the first impression of what people should like get to know about my country music yeah, what's right. the name of the song? It's called uh, Twelve Mingala or Senit Mingala. Um, it's mostly drum bass, so no lyric, but it's mostly uh, drum bass. That peop- yeah, a lot of drum beats and also some slight of uh, traditional instrument in there. Yeah, and I think people should check it out. Yeah, I, ca- I can't wait to hear. I can't it, wait so. to get into yeah, it. let's get straight yes. into it. Oh, 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 
Those are great. I loved it. What was that last song? Um, the last song was actually a rock and roll song by a really famous band that I listened to when I was growing up, and I used to be able to remember every song out on every like lyric of their song on their album when I was like three three years old. So I grew up listening to that. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. that was that was great. Um, well, with that, I mean, th- that song is called December. Is there any specific reason why it's called December? Yes. Um, December, it's actually a song about like, so it's the end of the year. So you're waiting for like your family or your loved one to come back. So this is a song that they wrote actually dedicated like, about how they miss a- about their loved one. And um, yeah, how they, they're waiting for them at home. Yeah. It's basically like, yeah, oh. just to get everybody to come home. And this band is actually like really famous back in the day and my parents um went to like one of their concerts before I was even there but yeah I grew up listening to them and I feel like yeah this is a really good great important piece of part of my life. So yeah. Cool. Yeah, we we definitely enjoyed that. And we have one more song. Um do you mind introducing the song? Yes, this is a song that is actually like uh, sang by one of my close friends back in high school. So he became a singer when he was like 16 years old and started writing song. And this is and after doing his junior year, he released his first first album. And and this song is my favorite on the list. And it's more modern and pop and and it's also involved some like dance involved in the music video. So yeah. Let us check it out. All right. Yeah. So this is called Baby You Should Know. And what's yes. the artist's name? Uh, Sip Pine Tap. Oh, I call him Sam. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So shout out to Sam. Shout out to Sam. All right. Let's get right into it. folks well um we're nearing the conclusion of our show and so warren it's been absolutely great having you on board um yeah uh favor our bank accounts are not gonna like us when we go visit uh, these two featured countries for the day i mean <laughs> i mean why why are we finding the money anyways <laughs> <laughs> well we're young we might we're as well young. go travel but warren it's been a pleasure having you on the show so thank you for being here with us today yeah absolutely thank you for having me any last words um yeah, only the flight ticket will be expensive for you guys to visit. <laughs> so other than that, the food, um, all the like traveling, it's very cheap there. Very so cheap. yeah, we we are budgeting right we're, now. We're budgeting. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna go and after this meeting, we're uh, we're just gonna go and budget for all these holidays. We need a book. All right, yeah. uh, favor. It's my least favorite time. Uh, almost time to say goodbye. Unfortunately, I think today has been so good, and I don't know. I hope. I hope. 
is this is this is this volume the best the best right now? Yeah, okay. yeah, you're doing better. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I think I'm gonna be speaking or shouting because I'm literally <laughs> shouting right now. But today have been so fun. I've enjoyed the two wonderful guests. They have. I've enjoyed today's show. Today's show was so great, and um, I've heard so many great songs that I need to go add mm-hmm. to my playlist. Mm-hmm. And um, thank you guys so much for coming in today. I really yeah. appreciate that. And as always, all songs are available on spinatron.com forward slash kwva. So if there's anything you guys like and want to add to your library, go ahead there. Uh, as always, before we conclude the show, a quick PSA. From ending segregation to providing women with the right to vote, nearly every wrong ever righted in history was achieved through advocacy. The Borgen Project is a nonprofit organization that fights extreme poverty at the political level by advocating for national aid through legislation. You can help end poverty by donating and contacting your congressional leaders. For more information, please visit borgenproject.org. That's B-O-R-G-E-N project.org. This message brought to you by a Borgen Project volunteer in association with KWVA Eugene. All right, folks, that brings us to the end of ICSP.